0: Two days down, three to go. Hello and welcome back to the SBK Betting Podcast with Ross Miller and myself, Tom Collins. We're almost at the halfway stage of Royal Ascot and we have had everything already this week. We've had had some monumental performances, fantastic headline writing uh, races and storylines and a US-trained winner. But before we get into the review of Wednesday's action and a preview of Thursday's card, a reminder that new and existing SBK customers can get a £5 free bet. For Royal Ascot, when you place a £10 horse racing multiple, everything is on the screen for you right now. And this is also the perfect opportunity for you to smash the like button down below. Thank you very much. Okay, let's touch on uh, Wednesday's main talking points then. There were a lot of shocks. Among them, Mosterdaf won the St. James's Palace. Who thought that was going to come? Villanova Queen found a clear passage down the outside under Colin Keane to cause a 25-to-1 shock in the Kensington Palace. An American challenger, Crimson Advocate, stole the show in the queen mary i just love to see the us get a winner ross what did you make of wednesday
1: yeah i was not thrilled to see the us get a get a winner tc i'd uh, tipped up relief rally on racing tv column and uh, on on here last night um that was a really good race uh, what do i make of wednesday it's one of those stinging days so you start with relief rally in front before the line in front half line but not on the line take your medicine um, and then all the big price winners I know I've tipped in the last 12 months. I mean, stuff I think was a bit of a flyer for the arc uh, rogue millennium for the Oaks last year. Uh, and even Villanova queen. I gave her a mention uh, for the guineas last year. So you, you kind of feel like, ah, oh, I would have looked better, looked harder I'd have found them, which of course isn't the case. So it's one of those days where uh, I'm going around with a bit of a, a bit of a, uh, a, a grumpy face, but I've enjoyed the racing. Um, and I don't, think there's any, any fluke about Mosterdaff, I have to say. I think he just looked like a really good horse over that trip on that ground.
0: Yeah, very much so, right? Let's get straight into it then, as you just prepped it very nicely, linked it to the Prince of Wales estates. Mosterdaff wasn't really considered in the market. There was a bit of late support, which actually shifted him in from around 20 to 1 uh, into around 12 to 1. I think he went off at the off, off, maybe slightly shorter. Um, They went hard in front because, as predicted, Classic Causeway was going to go forward, and Ryan Moore did not want to give up the lead. Uh, on Luxembourg, which meant they posted a really quick first furlong before slightly easing back the pace. Nevertheless, they still dueled and that probably paid uh, to Luxembourg's chance. Classic quartersway had no chance anyway. Um, I just didn't expect Mossed to be the one to come through. Did you? No, I didn't. I must admit, I was sort of, um, feeling quite happy with how the first
1: part of the race went for my Prospero. Um, but I think the writing was on the wall from him sort of, uh, fairly early on, you uh, know, Tom Marcon was pushing away at him as they turned in, and for a horse that was stepping up in trip, should have expected him to have travelled a bit further into the race. For that, that became an issue. Um, I do think Classic Causeway softened up uh, Luxembourg a little bit, um, as we mentioned yesterday. I'm not sure he's particularly resolute either. I think if he if he doesn't get things his own way, he perhaps he's not the not the most compliant um, partner. Adair I think, just looks a bit slow, and and, and Bay Bridge. I mean. The, the ground wasn't going to be lightning quick, surely with 10 mils on yesterday. Um, he is becoming a little bit disappointing now. And I think perhaps we were all a bit guilty of getting carried away with, with his early season form last year. And yeah, Mosha flashed down the outside, sat off the pace, but showed electric turn of foot and was just going further and further clear. So um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people that will look at the sectionals and, and try to, to throw stones at the form. But you have to say it's unlikely that the front three in the market have all underperformed to that, to that level, surely.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, very much agree with Bay Bridge as well. I, I really think he's uh, not living up to the horse that everyone hoped he would be. Um, Mosterdaff, it was a clear career best, but last time out, he was stuffed seven lengths by Equinox. So what kind of beast is that animal from Japan? Um, he must be some animal. We really, really must. I'd love to see him on these shores. I don't know whether that's going to happen in the near future or not, but uh, it would be fantastic if he came over. Um, I also want to talk about what could have been uh, described as the amuse bouche on Wednesday, and that was the Duke of Cambridge stakes, uh, which was won by Rose millennium for Tom Clover and Danny Tudhope. She again came from off the pace, but generally the pace held up with Random Harvest finishing second. Prosperous Voyage was up there and and finished up there as well uh, at the end. She had no excuses whatsoever for Frankie, much like most of his rides this week, unfortunately. What did you make of the Duke of Cambridge?
1: Well, first of all, TC, we talked just about uh, people improving. How confident are you throwing in a muse Boosh? It shows your (laughs) presenting skills are are really flying. Um, What, what did, what did I make of it? Um, I'm not sure it wasn't a race I was particularly uh, excited about beforehand. Um, I I just, I just wonder, I mean, they said that she's got quicker at home, but has she really got that much, that much quicker? Um, She looked all out last year, sort of over, over 10 furlongs. I, you know, Maybe I've read her wrong, but I thought she's going to go up in trip. Um, I just think it was a a poor looking race beforehand. Brilliant bit of placing to cough up the supplementary fee uh, to buy her in the first place out of the Shadwell dispersal sale. Um, But yeah, it's not a race that uh, I think is going to either live long in the memory or it's certainly not going to be uh, at the front page of my notepad for, for form lines to follow.
0: No, I completely agree. And all the money came for Grand Dam, who was out the back of the TV. Jumbly raced towards the far side, looked like she was going to make a move and then flattened out. Looked like she didn't stay the trip as well to me, or she just got very tired. Um, I thought Roe Millennium actually did very well, given the pace bias and the fact that the pace held up and she came from off it. But... Probably wasn't the best of races. Okay, let's look ahead to Thursday's action and preview the featured race, which is the Group One Ascot Gold Cup. It's not a vintage renewal. Um, you don't have, you know, Stradivarius, who was uh, the stalwart of this division for a long time. He's now been retired to stud. Kiprios, the reigning champions, not here. Mojo Star, last year's runner-up, not here either. Which means that Coltrane tops the market around three to one. He's got course form uh, and proven stamina, but to me. He just looks like the solid option in the race, rather than the horse that everyone's confident will go and win. St Ledger runner-up Eldar Eldarov second in at this stage for Roger Varian, while Emily Dickinson and Courage Monami are the only other runners under ten to one. I think we're in agreement on this race, Ross. Who do you fancy?
1: Well, you mentioned it's not a not a vintage uh, renewal. Um, I think you could argue that twenty twenty one Subjectivist put up in a, a fairly vintage performance. Um, he's clearly been difficult to train. He's just had the two runs in Dubai this winter but as we mentioned on the preview pod I liked those I thought he took a great step forward from his first run over there to his second run those just over two miles he is a dour stare at this trip he's got a touch of class um I think if he gets back to to anywhere near his best and probably doesn't have to be even as good as he was then um I think he's going to win this and I think he's a big price um I think the bit of rain will have taken the sting out of ground that that might just make it a bit more comfortable for him um Coltrane is a lovely horse and I don't like to throw stones at, at horses but you know 12 months ago you just said that coltrane was going to be a short price favorite for a gold cup you'd have you'd have sort of looked like you got two heads um and then the rest of them i just can't really get a grip on them. elder off is definitely one of the classier horses but i just wonder whether he's going to settle and, and and relax in this which you have to do to stay this trip um he looks like he travels quite well uh almost too well so yeah i just uh, I, I'm almost concerned I expected money to come for subjectivist and it's, and it's not yet, which, you know, as as not being quite as in depth on the flat as you are, it sort of makes me wonder what I've missed. But the more I look, the more I think he hasn't got to do an awful lot to win this.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Subjectivist is 10-1 to 1 currently. Uh, we're very much singing off the same hymn sheet here, uh, that 2021 romp. Any kind of uh, replication of that performance would see him win this easily. Um, yes, you have to factor in that there's been plenty of water under the bridge since then, including a bad leg injury and a 618-day absence. But that effort last time at May, Dan, showed that there's plenty of life still in Subjectivist. I think he's definitely the value bet in the race. Um, and hopefully anything like that kind of performance last year will give us another winner on this podcast and talking of winners there are another six races on thursday's card uh, including the norfolk stakes Really looking forward to that elite status face, facing the u.s challenger american rascal the ribblesdale the britannia and for those of you who, who like big field handicaps there's plenty to end the card ross don't give away your and next best at this stage please uh, but is there any other horse that you like on thursday's card from one of the undercard races that we haven't mentioned
1: yeah, the, the last race today, actually, TC, the 610, the Buckingham Palace, um, fiercely competitive. But I think today we saw that the, the draw bias had definitely shifted towards the stand side, stand side rails, particularly in the Queen Mary. I mean, if you were drawn on the far side, you just had absolutely no chance whatsoever. Um, I like the James Horton trained rhythm master, drawn in 26. Uh, James Horton has had a, had a tough season, no fault of his own. Um, horses seem to be looking healthy, running well. Without necessarily rattling in the winners, but I thought this horse had a good uh, return this season. Back in March, on the all-weather, finished third in a, in a decent contest. Uh, he's got good course form. He was fourth in the Jersey uh, in 2021 behind, a, you know, a good field in a creative force. I think won that year. Um, I think he's got everything going for him. He'll like the strong pace. He'll finish off his race very well over this seven furlongs. Um, and around about sixteen to one, I didn't think he was the worst-priced horse in a big competitive field handicap.
0: Yeah, nice price there, and I'm going to chuck in two more in that same race, the 6,10. and again, two big prices. The first is Ross Collin. If you look at his form figures, zero, zero, eight, zero zero -- don't enti- really entice you to back the horse, but the horse watchers are very shrewd. He's dropped down the handicap and he finished third in this race last year off 10 pound higher. He's drawn in the middle of the track, which I don't think is too bad, uh, and he could be a nice each way player around 22 to one. And the other one is silent film. He represents Ian Williams, who's one of the shrewdest operators about, especially uh, with his purchases from the horse in Training sale. And he picked this horse up just two weeks ago for 120000 from Godolphin. He's got good back form. Uh, if he can get him ready, first time up in the UK for eight months. He's raced in uh, Dubai since. Um, then I think he could be a big factor as well for another middle draw. Okay, Napa next best time. Ross, we we both smashed in the NAP on Tuesday with Vauban and River Tiber. Uh, We're filming this before the NAP's run uh, on Wednesday. Hit us with your best bets on Thursday, though, please.
1: So the NAP uh, is in the first race, the Norfolk Stakes, and it elite status. I really like what he did in National Stakes last time at Sandown. Um, Huge high cruising speed. People said that he should an electric turn of foot. I don't think he did actually, but when he went, he really went. It took him a couple of strides to, to gather up. I think this stiff Ascot, five furlongs, was shooting well. I think we'll see him over six furlongs uh, before the end of the season. Um, unlike most of Anna Grays, he's actually got a bit of size and scope to him. Uh, Carl Burke and make no secret of the esteem he holds him and even said he was only 75% ready when he won on debut um, and after the national state said so there was still more to come well if there is he's going to win this and he's going to win it handsomely um, he's a short enough price and he is drawn four which is not not ideal but it's of all the 2 odd races this week he's got a fairly small field hopefully clifford lee can navigate his way across to at least stand side of the middle and I think this horse is going to be just too good for them So elite status is the nap. And then the next best, subjectivist. Um, I was going to try and come up with something a bit more fancy, but I think he's still a great price um, in a weak uh, Gold Cup. So it's got to be
0: him. Yeah, elite status currently six to four in the Norfolk at two thirty on Thursday, and Subjectivist is ten to one in the Ascot Gold Cup at four twenty on Thursday. My nap's going to be a tentative one. Um, it's going to be Exoplanet in the Hampton Court Stakes at five thirty-five PM. Now he ran second on his reappearance behind the one hundred and ten rated Military Order, who was well fancied in the Derby. Didn't perform at Epsom, but maybe the track just didn't let Military Order let himself down and show his best that day. And then Exoplanet came out in the London Gold Cup, which many consider the best three-year-old handicap of the year he was positioned last early which he didn't really want to be um yet he made a, a big move to the back of the pack and he was ready to pounce two and a half furlongs out when a piece of litter got in his way and the horse tried to jump it causing him to lose all kind of momentum just as other horses were like going up going up going up through the gears and hitting sixth gear he had to start again nevertheless he still finished third and wasn't beaten far i think he's well handicapped for for this kind of race uh, i think he's a proper group one performer in the making and hopefully exoplanet can get it done on thursday the tentative part about it is the fact that it's a wide open race you can make a case for plenty um and the draw probably isn't ideal and the next best is a horse that ross has snapped. elite status in the norfolk i know many many people uh, watching this are probably hoping that i put up american rascal i thought he was really good on day at Keeneland, and I hope he does win as a neutral uh, for Wes Ward because he's desperate for another US winner. However, elite status just looked really good uh, in the national stakes last time. He earned an RPR of 108 that day. If you look back at the last 10 winners of the Norfolk, a mark of 108 would win the race 10 times out of 10. He doesn't even need to improve to win an average edition of the Norfolk. And I think with further improvement, likely um, he's going to prove extremely hard to beat. Thanks again for tuning in to this Royal Ascot Daily Podcast. There's two more of these to go, so make sure you subscribe down below so you don't miss out on those uh, on Thursday and Friday. A quick reminder that new and existing SBK customers can get a £5 free bet if you place a £10 racing multiple. Uh, Remember to opt in to qualify for that, by the way. Enjoy day three of Royal Ascot. We sure will. Until then, be lucky.